Welcome to the Retirement Guide Podcast. I'm your host, George Jameson, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee-only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. So let's get started. Last week, we explored the do's and don'ts of inheriting money. Today, we're focusing on you, the baby boomers. will be passing on your hard-earned wealth to your heirs and favorite charities. Many baby boomers do not have a plan in place when it comes to transferring their wealth to their heirs. This lack of planning can lead to complications and unintended consequences. According to an Edelman Financial Engines report, only 37% of baby boomers said they currently have a plan in place for transferring their wealth. This statistic highlights the need for proactive and thoughtful planning. Even modest amounts of money are worthy of meaningful discussion. If beneficiaries invest wisely, even inheritance below 25000 can grow over time and make a difference in your heirs' lives. No one family is exactly the same, and what's best for you and your family's situation may not be what's best for your neighbor's family. However, here are some strategies and suggestions you should consider, no matter your circumstances. So number one, defining your goals. First, consider your goals with your inheritance. How do you want to allocate your assets? Will it be split equally to your heirs or some other way? If it's not equal, it may make sense to explain it to your heirs before you pass. Or in a detailed letter, if you do not want to discuss it while you are living. And do you plan to include charitable giving? If so, planning ahead can help you make informed decisions and reduce the potential for animosity among your adult children. And number two, balancing communication and responsibility. Finding the right balance between sharing details with your heirs and ensuring they're financially responsible is crucial. It's natural for parents to have concerns. Wealthier parents may worry that giving too much detail might lead to irresponsibility, laziness, and entitlement. On the flip side, parents with fewer resources may be concerned about market uncertainties and outliving their money. If you find yourself in this camp, it may be best to wait until after you and your spouse have passed to transfer wealth. However, even in this scenario, Having a plan in place is essential. And number three, teaching your children and grandchildren. Sharing your money values and financial principles is a powerful way to prepare your heirs for their inheritance. Take the time to educate them about saving, investing, retirement accounts, and taxes. This knowledge will empower them to make better informed financial decisions in the future. And number four, Splitting your wealth. It's you and your spouse's money, so there really is no right or wrong answer. However, the most common way is to split up everything equally among your adult children and give it to them outright. However, a trust may make sense for some. You can even do a trust for one adult child and not the other. Customizable trust can be a valuable tool for managing the distribution of your wealth, although they can get complex and costly. And number five, 
leaving inheritance for grown-ups only, at least most of the time. Leaving your inheritance directly to your adult kids is usually the best move, even if some of it is meant for your grandkids. It keeps the family unit steady and indirectly helps out the little ones. Let's face it, leaving a large chunk of money to youngins is a recipe for spending sprees and entitlement. If your adult children are worthy of all you worked for, have steady jobs, don't overspend, save themselves, and are responsible adults, then I suggest leaving them the inheritance. Your grandchildren will get theirs in time. However, if your adult children are selfish, overspend, or worse, then by all means, leave it to your grandchildren. At least they will have a chance to better their lives financially. But just be careful, because even some 20-year-olds are not often mature enough to make the right decisions when it comes to saving, investing, and spending appropriately. And number six, gift your money now, at least maybe. In 2023, you can gift up to 17000 annually or 34000 if married to each child and grandchild without it going against your lifetime exemption. Consider gifting now, especially if you know you have more than you'll ever spend in your lifetime. It can help minimize post-mortem taxes and ensure your heirs receive more of your legacy. And number seven, how to properly gift now. So if you fit in this camp of having more money than you'll ever spend in your lifetime, and you want to start gifting the 17000 or 34000 to each adult kid and grandkid, but are worried they'll blow through the money on dumb things, let me give you some suggestions. Rather than handing them over cash or a check, consider funding a Roth IRA for adult children who are working. This promotes long-term financial planning. Additionally, assisting them with their 401k indirectly can be a wise move, or even opening an investment account in their name. Make sure they understand that this account should not be touched until their retirement age, and it's not to buy them a new BMW every year. A couple other reasonable ideas, depending on their age, may be a down payment on a first home, or college tuition if they're in college and it's not already paid for. And number eight, giving to charity. If you want to give some or all of your wealth to charity, you can set it up to go to your favorite charities after your passing or after the last spouse's passing. However, if you want to give some before your death, consider these two options. The first one's called a Donor Advised Fund, DAF. DAFs are simple, tax-smart investment solutions for charity giving. It's really easy to set one up and has relatively low cost compared to endowments. Schwab and Fidelity offer DAFs, among other custodians. You can contribute cash, securities, and appreciated assets. You will get a current year tax deduction, but you don't have to give the assets to charity in the same year. You can invest the funds, and it's up to you when and how much you want to give and to what charities. When you are ready to give a gift out of the DAF, it's really easy to do, and you can pretty much give to any certified charity. This allows you to be much more strategic about your giving decisions. Schwab's administration cost, for example, is 0.60% on the first 500000 and 0.30% on the next 500000 
The second option is called Qualified Charitable Deductions, QCDs. They can provide immediate tax benefits and make a positive impact. If you are over the age 70 and a half, instead of gifting after-tax cash, it makes sense for most of us to gift directly from our IRAs. This way, you'll be gifting pre-tax monies versus after-tax monies, and the charity or church you're giving to doesn't have to pay the taxes either. With the current large standard deductions, it makes a lot more sense for you to gift using your IRAs versus cash that you have already paid taxes on, because most of us will not get a deduction. And number 10, the importance of regular reviews. An annual review of your state plan is a good idea. Make sure your wills, trusts, beneficiaries, power of attorneys, and other important documents are all up to date. Factor in your heirs' tax rates, both federal and state, to ensure your plan remains effective. Also check for updates in tax laws and changes in family dynamics. So to summarize, remember, it's a deeply personal endeavor involving your assets and your family. It's you and your spouse's personal choice. So taking the time to discuss the best way to transfer your wealth, whether it's going all to your heirs or all to charities or some combination of both, is crucial. While most will wait until after both spouses have passed and then split up what's left to your adult children, assuming they are responsible adults. If you are fortunate enough to have more money than you'll ever need, gifting the annual gift amount is a no-brainer. It reduces your estate and can still be done in a manner of your choosing. So it's time to get savvy about passing on your hard-earned wealth. Have open conversations with your family. Get your team of professionals lined up. And let's make your eventual transfer a smooth ride for you and your heirs. That wraps up today's episode. Next week, we'll be diving into 10 crucial estate planning documents you need. And have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Retirement Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show. For questions, ideas, or discuss your retirement plan, reach out to me, George Jameson, at Capital Wealth Group. Visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more insightful retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day. 